Hey, everybody, welcome to episode number 11 of the Debt Free Dad podcast. It's one of the top questions that I get. How do I get my partner on board with our personal finances? Today, we are going to be sharing tips that have not only helped us, but also helped many other people. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Debt Free Dad podcast, where we're helping normal, everyday people learn how to save money and kick debt so they can live a happier and stress-free life. Now here's your host, Debt-Free Dad, Brad Nelson. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to today's show. You can find me on Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, and Instagram. Just search Brad Nelson, Debt-Free Dad. We would love to connect with you. So check this out. According to the American Psychological Association, money and personal finance are one of the major causes of stress and anxiety. And that's a pretty eye-opening fact because this stress is affecting every area of our life, like our careers, our family, our parenting, our mental and emotional stability. And of course, that also means that it's affecting our relationships with our partners. As I began my coaching business many years ago, I was shocked to actually find out how bad money was dividing and wreaking so much havoc in people's relationships. And I quickly began to learn how to help these couples navigate through the financial conversation to help them not only better their relationship, but ultimately be able to better their financial future. So in today's show, we want to cover these tips that I normally share with our members and also share a little bit about what's helped all three of us and our relationships and our families as we kind of worked our way out of debt as well. Can you guys share a little bit about your experience with some of this and and did you struggle with this or you know how how does it gone for you guys over the years? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a loaded story can I, here. Can I lay, can I lay can I lay down on a couch somewhere? <laughs> it's like a therapy session. Um for a long time, it just went back and forth. Um, I think it, it's funny, you know, we've finally gotten to that point where, out, where we're out of debt. And I had found an email that I had sent to my wife in 2009. So 11 years ago, Wow. Um, we had, I had sent something. It was something like, you know, 10 tips to help you, you know, kick debt or I forget what it was. It was something, something on a Yahoo article that I read like 11 years ago. And I think through the whole time, um, we were just always on opposites. You know, she would handle the money for a while and then I think she would get frustrated with it. So then I would take it and I would handle and I'd be frustrated. And so we were just, just not ever on the same page. And so I think it really got to that point where again, I think relationships were frustrated, angry all the time, um, never had any money or it felt like we never had any money because we were just spending it everywhere. Um, I think it, it just got to the point where it was like, what we got to do something. We can't keep doing the same thing. And I, I don't remember, I, I don't remember either of us really um, pulling, having to pull each other once we were there, but I do think it was a very long process to get us there together. And so I think maybe like thinking back of it now, I mean, I wish we would have maybe, you know, taken some more time to explore that and had more open discussions Um because I know for me, and, and we're going to get to this a little bit later, but for me, it's just, I felt responsible. I felt bad that we were in this situation and I didn't know how to fix it. And any suggestion she made, I would be like, well, you know what she's talking about. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, it's just a lot of arguing. And yeah. instead of being, it just got to the point where I think we decided instead of being mad at each other, 
let's just fix it. Let's get this solved and figure it out together. And that's when we started finally making progress. I always took care of the money. Um, so Paul was just like, okay, let's just do it. He's so open. He's just like, yeah, let's just do whatever. It would be me the other way around. If he would have come to me and approached me, if it wasn't my idea, I wouldn't have done it. No Um, way. Yeah, (laughs) really? I know. I don't get that from you at all, Amber. (laughs) (laughs) You got to make it seem like it's my idea and then we're good. But I think there was, um, once we started to do this, um, it was me letting go and letting him see the budget and like, we need to agree on what we're spending our money on. Um, that really took a lot of weight off my shoulders, not being the only one to have to pay the bills and and manage the money and do this and say yes or no, whether we could buy something or not. It was always on like on me because I just took that role. Um, not that that's a bad thing for him, but now that we can just kind of look at it together, it's a lot easier to manage our budget together and what we want to do with our money. Yeah. 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 It's hard to um, bear the weight all by yourself. There's, it's no question. So, um, you know, my experience was a little bit different with obviously my, my wife, Sarah, it's my second marriage. My first marriage um, was, was a disaster when it came to this subject. And uh, we got divorced in my first marriage. There were a lot of reasons why that divorce happened. But looking back now, I can, I can most certainly see how uh, money and personal finance played a big part and, and why that marriage just didn't do so well. And uh, a lot of those reasons we're going to be sharing here today. And it's it's what I try to now coach people through and help them through uh, the very same things that I used to struggle with in my relationship. So uh, when uh, I met my wife, Sarah, and we decided to get engaged, we she, she too, in her uh, first marriage, came from a really bad relationship when it came to money and personal finance. So the, the good news is, is that when the two of us came together, we both had it in our minds like, we're not going to do that ever again. Like we've been down that road. We've got our bumps and bruises. We want to make sure that we're the most successful that we can be. So uh, with Sarah, I was lucky in a way to find somebody who was willing to be open and honest and to talk about money, how it affects their life, uh, how they feel about debt, what they want for their future, what were some goals that they had. I mean, those were all some great conversations. And we were also able to be very comfortable in sharing you know, the skeletons that we had in the closet. Both of us had gone through a foreclosure. We both had lost our houses. I mean, so we decided to start that marriage out on a completely different step than we started our first marriages out at. And I can't tell you that has been a huge difference maker because that conversation has been continuous now uh, since we've been together and then gotten married. It's it's just something that's constant thing in our in our relationship. And it's and it's an absolute game changer. So guys, what I want to talk about today is why this is so difficult for couples. And as I mentioned, I've, I've been part of a speaking tour last year. I went out and spoke in front of thousands of people. And uh, the participants that came to this speaking event, a lot of them were couples. They were in relationships. They were married, maybe getting married, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it be. They're partners, right? And when I would ask them up on stage for kind of a vote, And I would ask all of them, how many of them have participated in an educational course, a seminar, or really kind of sat down and had a genuine conversation about money and personal finance, either early on in your marriage or before you got married? And hardly anybody raised their hand. And in some cities, they didn't raise their hand at all. Which is frightening when we really start thinking about this. As as we said when we opened up this podcast, money and personal finance is one of the number one reasons for divorce right now in the United States. And and I think one of the big reasons why a lot of people aren't having these conversations when they first get 
in a relationship when they first maybe get engaged or when they first get married is a lot of us just don't know any better, right? I mean, I can remember back in my first marriage, I never really thought to sit down and really kind of consider and talk about money and how it's going to play a role in our marriage and who's going to control it or who who's going to do what or whose responsibility is it to do what. We just kind of started and we winged it. <laughs> and I think that's what a lot of people are doing. You know, for couples, you know, from my perspective is I think it's important to understand that both of you think potentially different things about money and how you treat money. And it's going to be dependent on how you grew up, how your parents were, um, how their grandparents maybe even were. There's a lot of things that affect. So I think it's important when you start here and about not knowing any better. Um, it's for me, it was important to just understand where my wife's viewpoint of it was and for her to understand where my viewpoints were and how I thought about it. And just realize neither of you are necessarily wrong. I mean, maybe you are wrong about how you treat money, but it's not their fault or your fault or anybody's fault. It's just, you got to get a baseline of how do you both think about money to start that conversation? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, uh, you kind of hit the nail on the head right there is that it, everyone, we all have different backgrounds and different experiences with money and personal finance. And, and some of those experiences have uh, created a lot of the behavior and a lot of the habits that we now have with money. And if you're never, ever, you know, approaching or having that conversation of, okay, how did, how does, how is money playing a part in your life and how is money playing a part in my life and seeing how we can mesh those two things together, you're always going to be butting heads. You know, I've worked with couples that one comes from a very, you know, uh, you know, poor household and one came from more of a wealthy or affluent household where money wasn't necessarily an issue. And you're dealing with one person that has like the scarcity mindset of, you know, wants to make sure they save every dime that they have. And the other person who came from the wealthy and affluent side is they've always been taken care of and they just spend frivolously and the money's just always there and they just spend it no matter what, because they never really had to go without or fear of going without. So, you know, it's, it's, everyone has their own experience. Everyone has their own background. So it's being able to come together and have that conversation about where both of you stand with money and personal finance. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that a lot of couples make is that they only have the the conversation when the shit is hitting the fan. <laughs> that's really it. I mean, that's that's when they're having the conversation is, is when bad stuff and the crises are happening. And of course, we all know that those conversations don't go very well. It's your fault. You didn't do this. It's, you know, and then they point the finger back at you and then door slam and feelings get hurt, right? And that's why we're not setting ourselves up for success when it comes to a relationship, when it comes to money and personal finance. So it also kind of comes down to having a sense of, you know, short-term and long-term goals in each of your lives. We talked about this, man, all the way back when a couple of our first episodes that we did of this podcast of, of how important it is to establish short-term and long-term goals. A lot of people who live paycheck to paycheck don't have any. And that's why they're living for today and living for tomorrow. And they're spending everything that they're making because they're really not working towards anything for their future. So you you really got to sit down and determine what that looks like for each of you. You both are individuals in the relationship, but yet you both are going to have relationship goals as well and where the two of you want to go. So it's important that you kind of get all of this stuff out on paper before you start talking about the large credit card bill or the fact that you don't have a savings account or or any of the real challenges that are happening. It all really kind of starts with where do we even want to go, 
Like, what are we trying to achieve? What are we working towards? And and that's really the conversation that you want to kick this off with. As a guy, as a man in, in, in our relationship, I am by nature a fixer, which my wife hates. <laughs> and I think that that's important. If you're like that, you got to be able to put that down because I think I want to go right into the mode of fixing it. And that's paying off the debt and doing all that. This stuff right here is boring. Like I, you know, that's just, it wasn't important to me. It's like, I didn't understand that, but I think, cause it's not fun. It's not, that's not the fun part. The fun part is paying off the debt and seeing progress. But this to me, until we did this part right here, the fixing the debt, that's just a short term thing that lasts for a month or two or three. And then you end up in a big mess again, because you don't have this to fall back on. You really need to, um, come together with your both your values and just um know like appreciate your partner's value just as much as you want them to appreciate yours and come to some common ground because you're not always going to agree a little disclaimer too i mean we're talking about we're going to talk about after the break here some ways that you can start having your very first financial conversation without it turning into a fight at least that's our goal for you but a little disclaimer as we kind of get started with some of these tips here is that you ultimately also have to understand that you may not have a financial problem in your relationship. It might be a marriage problem. It could be a character problem. And no matter how much you work on the finances, it's not going to fix those issues. So you've also got to figure that out too. Like, is something else causing the financial problems? Is there other things that are happening that are out there? Um, and I don't care what those things could be, but you also have to look at that. If, if you're working on this and you guys both continuously are just keep hitting the wall and you're not getting anywhere, you may need to consider going out and getting some professional marriage counseling, which is totally okay. I'm a firm believer that if more people went to marriage counseling, we'd have, we'd have less failed marriages in this country. There's no question about it. Uh, so, you know, accepting and getting help for some of these things is, is totally okay and totally acceptable and normal. So I would also consider that too. If, if again, if you're constantly trying these and you're frustrated, you're not getting anywhere, I would strongly recommend looking at some of those things. The other thing is, is that the two of you have to be willing to have the difficult conversation. As we've all kind of discussed throughout the episodes during this podcast is that, look, this is not fun stuff always to talk about. You're, you're dealing with, you know, past mistakes, skeletons in the closet. Um, you know, Ryan, I mean, even you had mentioned, you know, you felt guilty and felt bad for the situation that you guys found yourself in. I mean, there's a lot of emotion that goes along with some of this stuff. But the two of you have to be willing together to have the conversation. And what I find too often is that one person wants to have it and the other person's just not genuinely interested. So if that's the case, some of this stuff, it's going to take a little time and a lot of patience to kind of work up towards some of the stuff that we're going to be talking about. Like this is not going to be a quick fix and these things are definitely not going to happen overnight. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and start sharing some of the tips to help you have your very first money conversation without it turning into a fight and an argument. Hey, imagine a life without payments and debt. I'm telling you, it's possible. Now, I recently launched an incredible free workshop that will walk you through the first steps to reaching a stress-free and debt-free life. Now, the information that we're sharing inside this workshop has helped people save and pay off millions of dollars. And we've had thousands of people now register for this workshop. Now, I was broke at one time too. But by following a simple process, I paid off all of my debts and I now live completely debt-free. And getting out of debt, it's not an easy road. This is hard work. 
So I know also what works and what doesn't work. And that's why we created this fantastic success path that's removing all of the confusion and it's helping ordinary people have massive results. And I just want to share our success path with you in this workshop. Now, the goal of the workshop is really simple. We want to help you reduce stress. We want to provide you immediate and clear direction. Also give you some really helpful insights and give you some really cool tips to help you discover some of the first steps, some of the first things that you should work on as you get on the road to financial freedom. So head on over to the real debtfreedad.com, click on tools and courses in the menu and get free access to this course today. Hey everybody, welcome back to today's show. So today we are sharing tips on how to get your partner or spouse spouse on board with your personal finances. So let's kind of get started with these quick tips. Also, uh, we have a guide that we would love to share with you. This is something that I've always offered on my website for the last several years. It's a downloadable PDF guide. That's what we're kind of really referencing here as we go throughout uh, some of these things that we're going to share with you here today. If you head over to therealdebtfreedad.com, click on tools and courses, and about halfway through that page, you will see the guide there. It's called The Money Conversation. All right, download that PDF guide, and you're going to see not only the questions and things that we're going to go through with with you here today, but you're also going to have a good description and outline of some of the things that you guys should be discussing and talking about. I don't think that you should really start out your money conversation uh, by talking about money, right? Uh, I think I think it all comes down to it's it's much bigger than money. It, it's got everything to do with your dreams. It's got everything to do with your future, how you feel, what your goals are, what you want your life to look like. Uh, as many of you know, everything costs money. And if, and if you want certain things in your life, those things are going to cost you money. And if you're living paycheck to paycheck and you're struggling with your personal finances, it's going to be really hard to get the things that you want to have in your life. It's going to be a struggle. Whereas if you were to slow down a little bit and say, you know what, let's get on a plan with our money and temporarily put a hold on some of the things that we really want to achieve and let's pay off the current things that we've already signed up for. You're going to have a lot less, you know, a lot more luck overall throughout your future going after some of the things that you want because you're going to have money on your side. And when you have money on your side and you've got good goals and dreams, you're going to live a pretty fantastic life. There's no question about it. You know, I think for us, I mean, when you kind of talk about don't start out talking about money, I think for us, that was always difficult because the time that one of us wanted to talk about it is when we had a bill that came unexpectedly. And <laughs> <Right>. then <laughs> now I want to talk about money. Yeah. <laughs> and that was always the worst time to talk about it. <laughs> yep. um, so for us, I, I don't know about any one thing. I think for us, it was, it's, it was just kind of that, that life of just never feeling like we're getting ahead. You know, you would get a rate, you would think like, Hey, I'm going to get a, maybe if I get a raise next year, then, then we can start and you'd get a raise and, then it wouldn't work. It was just a constant feeling of never um, being able to get ahead. And I think we just reached the point together that, um, that we were just done. I think a, a light switch kind of hit us. And I think it, it really did start here of we just stopped arguing about the money part of it. We started having conversations about our future and what do we want our life to be like and what, and, and maybe that just came with age as I started, you know, as I, I got a little older and you start thinking like, 40 that dude's old and then you know <laughs> suddenly I'm 40 and it's like okay I'm not you know <laughs> so so maybe it came with some way age and some wisdom to start saying hey you know we 
we've got to start planning our future here. What do we want to do? What do we want our kid? You know, what do we want our kids? I think that was a big thing for us. Probably now that I think through it more, we really focused on our kids. Like, what do we want our kids to see out of us? Do we want our kids to be, is this what we want for our kids' lives to be? You know, do we want them to be our age fighting and arguing with their husbands or wives about money? And, or do we want to change that? And I, that was, that was a big discussion point for us. I like how you say you folks started focusing on the future and you think that's where it started because I feel the same way where as soon as we started focusing on our goals and you mentioned that Brad is to have those goals and set those goals, it makes a huge difference to get on the same page, to focus on those goals together, focus on the future. And it really does help kind of bring in now that money conversation and talking about where do we go from here to make that happen. I think it's okay when you first have that conversation to talk about how your money, your current money situation makes you feel. You know, we talk about things like stress, anxiety. You know, I have a hard time concentrating at work because I'm constantly worried about the next bill that's coming out. Or, you know, I'm just always worried for that next crisis to hit because we're just not prepared for it. So I think it's okay to open up and talk to your spouse or partner about that. I think those are important things because if that person genuinely cares about you, I think they're going to open their ears a little bit more to just rather than saying, oh, we don't have the money. We can't afford to buy whatever it is that you want to buy. Well, when you start talking about how your current finances make you feel, a lot more people have been, have felt that their uh, that their feelings and that what they you know what they want or where they want to go is a lot more receptive because nobody wants to see somebody that they care about that's you know, hurting genuinely, that you're that upset about it. And once you kind of get your feelings out there and you start thinking about, you know, some of these things that we're talking about here and you're talking about your goals or you're, you're at least getting them to the table to sit down and have a genuine conversation. Now you can have what we call is a legitimate money conversation. And I actually break this down into about 10 different questions. All right. And the idea behind this, and again, if you download that guide, go to therealdebtfreedad.com, tools and courses. It's about halfway through the page. It's a PDF. It's yours for free. Go check that out. And the PDF guide, the idea is, is that the two of you print out two copies of this and you go through the PDF guide by yourselves. You don't do it together initially. All right. So each of you gets your own guide, you get your own questions, and the idea is, is that the two of you go through these questions and you answer the questions for yourself, all right? They might involve a relationship, but for the most part, we just want to know what your opinion is on your money situation, on how you feel about money. So let's go through some of these questions. The first one is, what are your dreams and your goals? What are things that you want to achieve? I I can mention one of mine, I know for sure. Like when Sarah and I first sat down and started talking about some of this stuff, one of mine was opening my own business. I had no idea what I wanted to open or what I wanted to do. I just put it down there. I just wanted to open my own business. So she knew full and well that long-term, that was something that I was looking towards and wanting to kind of move out of a, a normal day job. What, did you guys have any like initial goals and dreams that you guys had that really kind of helped you kind of focus more on some of this stuff? Uh, for us, it, it was the house. Definitely. It was just wanting to get out of renting off of, cause we rent off of his uh, dad. So we just don't want to do that anymore. And we wanted our own place to call home. Um, so that was our big purpose and why, and that's kept us focused. Yeah. One of our, again, going back to our kids, one of our, our main goals was to, model a different sort of lifestyle and teach them how to do this. And, you know, just as a great 
example right now, I mean, I've got uh, an older son who's a sophomore in college. He's about to transfer to the university and uh, he's almost got enough saved to pay for his entire college education while living at home. So while millions of people say it can't be done, I'm sitting here right now showing that it can. And had we not done what we did, I don't think this would be the situation right now. We would have just borrowed, you know, just borrow the money. Just, you know, we'll just put you in debt. It'll be worth it. Um, so for us, that was a big thing is making sure our kids learn from us that there is another way. Yeah. That is awesome. By the way, congratulations to him. That is huge. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah. He, pr- he probably, well, maybe he does. <laughs> he probably doesn't realize how big of a deal that is at his young age yet. <laughs> He's real. He's realizing as he uh, is working with people and hearing the horror stories and he's just, uh, he's just thankful. You know, yeah. he's, he, he even said to us, he's like, we, I understand why you guys did this now. Yeah. You know, yeah. cause for a long time he didn't, he was in, he was in part of our money discussions. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because he didn't, he didn't get what we were doing yeah. uh, when we moved from a big house and from his friends and all this stuff, he did not understand. All right, let's move on to the second question. The second question, we've, we've mentioned this one on the podcast before, but is really determining your why or purpose. Again, this could kind of fit in with dreams and goals as well. But, you know, again, what is your why or purpose? What are things that are important to you? What do you value? You know, Amber talked about values and, you know, what do you value as a relationship? What do you value as individuals? Super important to put some of those ideas down on paper. Uh, another big one is, is how does money and debt make you feel? This is such an important one. I can't tell you how many people will come to me and say, um, you know, money – and it just stresses me out in general, the conversation, talking about it. In debt, it stresses me out even more. And then I ask, okay, well, how does your partner feel about it? Well, they could care less. Well, does he know that it stresses you out or do they know that it stresses you out? And they're like, well, not really because we don't really talk about it. So this is an opportunity for the two of you genuinely to talk, like to put your feelings down. Like how does money and debt truly make you feel? Like when you think about money, when you think about debt, What are some of those feelings that come to mind? And then the two of you can come together and have an open conversation about some of those things. I know for me, like when, you know, Sarah and I have sat down and did some of this stuff, like when I started talking about and thinking about debt, thinking about debt just stresses me out. Like I've had uh, my day with debt and it did not go well. So for me, it's like, I want nothing to do with it ever again. So I made sure that she was very aware of that. Like that just cannot be a part of my life. I think it's important too, to understand, you know, sometimes I think, there's an idea that maybe your partner doesn't care or they don't. So for me, I took care of the finances for a while and I felt terrible. Um, but I also gave this persona that all is well, you know, <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. everything's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> like every, we're all good. Meanwhile, we're hitting going hundred miles an hour towards the iceberg. Um, <laughs> but I, I think it's important for sometimes to realize that, that can just be a deflection, you know, from your partner because they feel terrible. You know, I was taking care of the finances. I was kind of the main breadwinner of the house. I felt responsible to take care of the family and to make sure we're paying our bills and here we can't. So it's not that I didn't care. It's just, I didn't know what to do either. And I was scared and I was all these things. And that was just my way of dealing with it was just to put on this persona that I didn't care because I didn't want to, I didn't want to make her worry even though she knew, yeah, but yeah. in my mind, I just didn't want her to worry about it. And, and that kind of comes down to, you know, the, the next two is really how should money work in your relationship? Cause you mentioned breadwinner, 
you mentioned, you know, you know, I, I did the finances or she did the finances. It's like the two of you need to kind of decide how is money in your, is going to work in your relationship? Who is going to be in control of your finances? Are the two of you going to do it as a joint effort? Is one person better at numbers than the other person? Um, you know, is one person going to do the budget and the other person's just going to be there as a kind of more of a supporting role? Like the two of you need to kind of come together and say, okay, wh whose strengths are better served in what areas and, and how do we want to move forward with this? And all too often I find that it's just one person that's responsible just really kind of by default and not really by a per, like a really more of an intentional decision. And that person is stressed out to the max and they have no idea what to do. And the other partners just kind of often, you know, Disney world life and <laughs> not stressed out at all, <laughs> you know, so the two of you need to kind of decide, you know, how, how do you feel? And again, there's no right or wrong answer with this. It's just writing down. How do you feel money and personal finance should work uh, within your relationship. Another big one is, you know, what are some of the fears that you have when it comes to money? Uh, I know for me personally, you know, coming from, uh, you know, back in my 20s and early 30s when I was broke living paycheck to paycheck, uh, having no savings was not fun. So for me, a big fear that I have and something that causes anxiety for me is, is when we have to dip into our emergency fund savings nowadays. I don't like it. I hate it. And we don't have to do it very often, but, you know, things do come up. But for me, that is something I'm very afraid of is not having a savings account again because it really stressed me out all of those years ago. Uh, one for my wife, I know for sure is, you know, she fears not being able to purchase basic necessities and the things that she wants to have in her life. Because there was a time for a long period of time where she was broke and she literally had a, had, had to get by with everything that she had. And even to this day, she still has a hard time kind of partying and getting rid of certain things because she has this fear inside of her that she's not going to be able to replace them because she went through that kind of scarcity mindset, that paycheck to paycheck, that broke mindset for so long. And uh, being behind on bills, it, it created that fear and anxiety within her. And the only reason I know that is, again, because we have these conversations and I know what's going to, you know, set her off, create that stress, create that anxiety. So that's why budgeting is really, really important in our family so that she knows that we're totally okay. Everything's fine in that way that, you know, that kind of panic button doesn't go off for her. I mean, this just goes just just goes to like just their monthly budgeting and just how we've learned to work with money. Um, you know, you hear a lot about this zero dollar budget or make sure that, you know, you spend every dollar in your checking account. A huge fear of my wife's is she just does that just freaks her out. So we've just learned and we created a buffer in our checking account, even though we never need it, even though it's never anything that we have to worry about. There's always a buffer in the checking account because she just worries that there's not going to be enough money for all those years that we lived where there was just barely enough money to pay the bills. She has this fear that there's not going to be enough money. And no matter how many times I reassure her, like, look, all the bills are paid. Everything's fine. There's nothing that's going to come out. So we've just learned, we put, put that buffer in there. It appeases her. She doesn't worry about it. And that's just a way we've learned to deal with that fear on her side. Yeah. Oh gosh, I could relate to your wife. I have the same darn fear. <laughs> I ha if, as soon as my bank account gets below a certain amount, I'm like, oh no, this is bad. When's the next payday? We can't go that low. <laughs> it's important to really kind of think about what are some non-negotiables for the two of you. And, you know, what are some things that you absolutely need to have? Now, again, there's a fine line here, right? <laughs> right? There, You might be saying, I need to have 
Axe. Well, if you don't have the money to buy Axe, maybe that becomes your goal. Like, hey, we need to get on track with this because I really want to get this back in our budget. But what are some non-negotiable items for you? What are just some things that you have to do? Like, for instance, there are some people who just, you know, um, they've got great relationships, great friendships, and they're like, hey, I need to see my friends once or twice a month. I need to go out to eat with them or I need to go out and have a drink with them, whatever it might be. Like, that. that's okay. Um, there might be some people who go on a trip each year and that's just something that they want to do or it's something that they want to have a part of their life. So you really kind of need to sit down from a financial standpoint. What are some non-negotiable things? Like what needs to be a part of the budget of the financial plan? Uh, because it gives you satisfaction. Again, you work hard for your money, so you should also be able to enjoy that money and being able to say, Hey, these are the things that I would like to have. Um, is important. And then lastly, I think it's really, really important to talk about your financial past. This is another one I put in here because I've, I've worked with so many people and talked to so many people that are shocked to find out of some of the things that they didn't know about their spouse or partner when it came to their finances, like bankruptcies they didn't know about, poor credit scores, uh, things in collections, you know, secret spending, uh, just all sorts of different things. It's it's important to sit down and talk about some of the past things that you've had, whether they're successful or whether they're mistakes. It's important to kind of lay that all on the table so you both know where each other's coming from. It's it's really important. to. St- it's so easy to just ignore it and push it under the rug. Uh, my husband and I did it for a long time and we didn't fight about money, but we weren't doing anything good either. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was just in that back burner in the back of our minds, always there. Um, So, yeah, just stop ignoring it and just start having some of these conversations. They might be tough, but at least start with something small. Yeah. So, again, download the guide, go through this separately, answer your questions. And then the goal is to set up, let's call it a date night and set up a date night to kind of go through some of these questions that we're talking about. And each of you has an opportunity to share your feelings on personal finance, exactly kind of what we went through. And the important thing to understand here is that there is no right or wrong answer here. The idea is awareness. The idea is to get an appreciation and understand where each person is coming from. So now the two of you can begin to work together and decide how can both of your needs be met in your personal finance life. The other important thing to do is make sure you make a plan to sit down regularly to discuss money. I'll see so many people that will have the courage to kind of sit down and have that first tough conversation because that first conversation is tough. But then what they fail to do is follow it up with another conversation. So you want to make these money conversations a part of your life. Now, we talked about budgeting in the past here on this podcast. And one of the great ways to kind of have this continuous conversation is to sit down and regularly look at your budget. Is it lining up with your goals? Is it helping you go to where you want to go? Right. So make sure you sit down and discuss money regularly. And then lastly, and guys, you guys probably share a little bit of your thoughts on this, is you got to be patient with this. And if you have a hard time getting your spouse to sit down and talk to you, the car is fantastic because if you're going on a road trip, you guys can't go anywhere. Most of the time, Paul has pulled over and got out. So, but most of the time you can have a conversation because you're both in the car, you're together, nobody's going anywhere. And it just gives you that opportunity to open something up. Don't have a full blown fight, but open up some of those conversations. <laughs> yeah. And I, I would totally agree on the patient side. I think that's the heart. And that goes back to your why and your purpose and your goals and all that sort of stuff. I think um, what kind of 
it's taking you a long time to get to this point and it's going to take a while to get out. So just spend that time on your why and your purpose and your goals because that's going to help you kind of stay the course as time goes on. Hey, hey, what's this I see? I thought this was a party. Let's do Hey, hey, it's time for the celebrations of the show. The first one we're going to kick off with is Lacey Love. She says, prior to signing up for Roots Personal Finance, actually all of January, I had wrote down every cent I spent in January. I did not modify much of my behavior, just really wanted to get a baseline of where I was at. I was shocked to learn that I spent over $2,000 on eating out in January, shopping, entertainment, and other miscellaneous purchases. Now, why is this such a big celebration? Because being aware is a huge part of changing your behavior and your habits. And this was a big step for Lacey. So congratulations to you. I'm glad you did it. Cindy Window, we put uh, down $1,500 deposit for our vow renewal. Congratulations. And have budgeted every step between now and July, something we never would have dreamed of before Roots. Thanks, Brad Nelson. Yeah, Cindy and her family are kicking it. I mean, they're just, I think I think they're pretty, $50,000 in credit card debt they've paid off now. It's just, it's amazing what they've done in the last couple of years. It's wow. crazy. Uh, Amy Larison uh, says our emergency fund is well over $1,000. Now we can begin to focus on necessary expenses that are coming up, like our daughter's birthday party and vet bills, meds for our dogs. Awesome. Way to go, Amy. Congratulations to you, especially for having that first emergency fund done. It's such a huge accomplishment. Good for you guys. Monica Watson, Watson found over 100 hours a month in auto payments in her husband's credit card that we were not using. Huge. Cancel Disney Plus and Audible subscriptions to help save some money. So good for you guys, Monica. Good behavior changes and monitoring those expenses. Congratulations. Cassandra Lawrence, I canceled my tanning membership finally after a year of paying $329 for a frozen account. And I emptied my storage unit, which will save them. $90 a month. Way to go. Yeah, that is awesome. Way to go, Cassandra. Yeah, just a quick thing on those storage units, guys. I mean, there are more storage units. And I think, did, I don't know if we shared this on a podcast or not, but more storage facilities than there are Starbucks and McDonald's combined right now in the United States. That means that we have a lot of stuff to get rid of. And not only do we have the stuff in the storage unit, but we also are paying that monthly fee. So this is a big change for Cassandra. So that's awesome. Good for you guys. Congratulations. Hey, that sound means it's time for the question of the show. So do you have a question about your finances? If so, just send us an email at brad at therealdebtfreedad.com and we will do our best to get your question on an upcoming episode of our podcast. So today's question is from Heather. She says, how do I get my spouse fully on board? <laughs> my husband likes the idea of becoming debt-free, but money is just money to him. He is in charge of finances and has no plan. He said, give him four months and everything will be under control, but I do not want to wait that long. What would you suggest? And guys, for me, and I, I basically, Heather, I would say, listen to this podcast. I mean, everything that we've gave you would be helpful in this situation. The big thing that I see in this is he is in charge. That's that's the issue that I see with this question right away is there doesn't seem to be an approach where, hey, we're in this together. 
So I think that's where you need to get to first. And I think going through this money conversation document that we talked about, this PDF document that you can download on our website at therealdebtfreedad.com, uh, I think it's going to be very helpful for you guys to maybe get out of this mindset of, you know, he's in charge or you're in charge and getting the two of you to take responsibility and say, we're going to do this together. So this, this, this statement that you said, I mean, this was me. So where you said, he said, give him four months and everything will be under control. I remember feeling that way when my wife wanted to talk about finances because I didn't want, like, I knew she was not going to be happy when she seen it. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I, I don't want to say I was, but I was trying to fix it before we had that conversation. I was trying to make it better so that in down the road in three or four months, we could, it wouldn't be as bad. Um, So I think if, if I'm not saying that's what he's doing, but I just remember that, that cued in for me. So for me, if you don't want to wait, then prepare yourself for what you may about to see and don't react to that because that could be the difference maker. Like if you push to have that conversation sooner and it's a really big mess and you overreact, that could not go well. So just know that he's probably trying to give himself time potentially to clean it up like I did so it doesn't look as bad as what it might right now. All right, everyone. Thanks for hanging out with us here today. We love your feedback and it also helps us grow our podcast. Please leave us an honest review in Apple Podcasts. We read every single one of them. And as you know, the Debt Free Dad podcast is here to help you live a happier and stress-free financial life. And if you know someone who could benefit from our show, please give us a share. We appreciate you and we will see you on an upcoming episode. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Debt-Free Dad Podcast. For more free resources to kick debt and financial stress, head over to therealdebtfreedad.com.